Good morning. And our first reading is taken from Matthew chapter 18, uh, verse 20. For where two or three come together in my name, there I am with them. And then we move on to Acts 2, beginning at verse 42, the fellowship of the believers. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Selling their possessions and goods, they gave to anyone as he had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Thanks be to God. Great. Thank you, uh, Edwina, uh, for reading to us this morning, and uh, to Zoe for praying as well for us as a church. I want to uh, share um, about uh, the continuation of what it means to be in community together here at SBC. And we've been going through some of the themes that you see on the screen there, sharing the verse for the year. Everybody knows that off by heart. Oh my goodness, you do, Catherine. Well, we're going to have a cacophony of noise from one way all the way across to the other. Uh, Spur one another on. That's the verse of the year, spurring one another on towards love and good deeds. We spur one another on by sharing in the life of God as Father, Son, Holy Spirit in community. We spur one another on through the sharing of our gifts. And we had that festival of talents here, not only in the sanctuary, but throughout the whole church. It was incredible as we went out into the different rooms and heard and saw different people's gifts in the life of the church. We've spurred one another on with an abundance of food from around the world, thinking about culture and what it means to embrace cultures here in the church, but also be drawn into the culture of the good news of Jesus. And today, about sharing in small groups. We're following in this year a whole theme of togetherness. We went in the autumn about togetherness in worship, and now we're thinking about togetherness in community. So these small groups, or what many of you know as home groups, and the name is starting to be changed to life groups. Why? Because not every group meets in a home. There are some groups that meet here at church, and there may be some groups that might meet in a a bar or a restaurant or a playing field or somewhere else. Groups are not 
basically just about the home, though the home is important. Doing life together is what it's about. That's why they're called life groups, unless someone can tell me any differently. So how do we know? So the work I'm going to do today is not talk about home groups, or I might talk a little bit about life groups, but I'm going to call them small groups. Um, and if we think about the new website in church, there is a new website. I don't know whether anyone's been on it, uh, but there's a website. Oh, there's a few hands going up. This is the website, and uh, there's Emma being prayed for, and uh, there's a really poor preacher that goes on a bit too long, as you know, and uh, oh, lovely, time for tea and coffee, they're Ian and Hazel serving away, and oh, Matthias and Isadora greeting Bruce there, and, and Hilary as well, oh, and there's Paul doing his thing, uh, but if you go into the website a little bit more, into Connect, and then go down to small groups, or, yeah, click on that, would be great. That may come through. And, uh, oh, yeah, Maha and Uday, they're laughing at the church weekend away, and if you scroll down, it says, life is better to- together, so join a group at SBC, and there's a description about how to join a small group. That could be a life group, or that could be other activities in the community of the church, 20s and 30s group, I'm not sure whether it's started yet or whether it's going, Kate Rose may know, may know more about that, or Alpha, or getting baptised, or women's fellowship, or Tuesdays, or men's breakfast, oh, men's breakfast yesterday, I'm going to tell you about that in a minute, but there are many ways to get involved in small groups in the life of the church, have a look at the website, it is really fantastic, giving a great explanation about why small groups matter. And here's the thing, if we can go on to the slide, that'd be great, back to the slide. Here is the thing, that in Acts, what was going on in Acts chapter 1 is that 120 are recorded as people who were believers following Jesus, the resurrected Jesus, the ascended Jesus, and the Spirit came, and 120 believers basically branched out in their own language, words of praise. And that grew. In, in Acts chapter 4, we, we, we read that actually that grew to 5,000. It says 5,000 men, and I kind of think, well, you know, we need to modernize this. <laughs> it's probably 15,000 women and children. So what happened is that this amazing move of God through the good news of Jesus, the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus, and the coming of the Holy Spirit, a group of 120 grew to thousands. Where? Where did they all fit? (laughs) Not in one large room, but in homes and in public places in small groups. It's as if the Bible is saying right in Acts that as the church gets larger and larger and larger, it should be getting smaller and smaller and smaller. Do you get that? As the church grows larger and larger, it should be getting smaller and smaller. I've been here since August and had many conversations with folks saying, I don't quite know everybody's name. It's taken me a long time to get involved in the church. And we've grown in number, and we've grown in diversity, and my challenge and my prayer and my heart is, 
actually would grow closer together in light of growing as a church. Is that possible? Well, it is. Because there's a biblical precedent. Growing, 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 and yet getting smaller and smaller and smaller. So there are a few things to note. When Acts chapter 2 is recorded, they worshipped, they devote themselves to the breaking of bread into prayer, and they were praising God. Rob said what his prayer was in the prayer room before the service. My prayer, actually, I, I asked the group, I said, what on earth are you expecting of God this morning? There was about eight of us in the prayer room. What on earth are you expecting of God this morning? For the Holy Spirit to come. For an openness. For a worship that is uplifting. Back in the autumn, I spoke about worship on a number of weeks, and there was a phrase that I kept using that you will have probably have forgotten, and that's okay. I've got thick skin. Worship is about a holy expectation. In the midst of the stuff going wrong with the sound and perhaps things going around us that distract our attention, did you or do you or will you have a holy expectation this morning? And in your life groups, in your small groups, when you meet together where Jesus is present, where two or three gather, is there a holy expectation to meet with God too? The early church worshipped with a holy expectation. That's a characteristic of a small group. But they also grew spiritually, another aspect of an upward focus. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. When they met together in their small groups, they studied God's word. Don't know whether you follow the church prayer diary day in, day out at SBC. Margaret and others do a brilliant job of putting that together. On Monday, the 30th of January, with these words from Deuteronomy 32.2, my teaching will fall like drops of rain and form on the earth like dew. My words will fall like showers on young plants, like gentle rain on tender grass. And I'm thinking, is that what happens when I preach on a Sunday? And I'm thinking, no. You receive it like drops of rain forming on the earth like dew. Is that how you receive? Nah, not really. But there was something about when we open God's word in a small group, in a life group, one-to-one, in pairs, maybe in triplets, this is a holy expectation of what would happen. The word of God is active and living and alive and breathes into our breath. We can grow spiritually. Jude 1.20 says, Dear friends, by building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourself in God's love. Building yourself up in faith is what it means to belong to a small group, whether that be a life group or another group. The church gets bigger and bigger, but we get smaller and smaller as we learn to grow together spiritually in small groups. They also spent time in fellowship. This is the inward aspect, the breaking of bread in their homes, and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts. Last Sunday... 
One of the highlights of my last few months here was just people coming forward to break bread together as a movement, as an act, as a, dare I say it, a drama, as a response to the sacrifice of Jesus, people coming forward to take bread and sip wine together. Well, back in Acts, they did that in their homes, and they did it with glad and sincere hearts. Rob, that's what you're talking about. Not praising or not breaking bread in a mood, (laughs) but with praise and with wonder and with joy. And we can experience the breaking of bread and wonder and joy in relationship when there is fellowship in small groups. How many of our life groups or our small group occasions are moments to break bread together? I asked um, people who attend life groups in the church, of which there are a number, and I think there'll be a few more emerging. But this was one comment. Belonging to a smallish group of SBC, and let me tell you, some of the life groups are about 20. (laughs) Jesus actually gathered a group of 12 based upon the 12 tribes of Israel. 12 is a good number. We get beyond 12 and you're into sticky water. But anyway, I'll let your life group decide if you stay together or split up. I don't know. SBC, people who get to know each other and are known on a deeper level. The range of age of the group and the range of roles people fulfill sharing our various thoughts on God's word and praying together, pastoral opportunities, hosting in our home, occasionally leading. In early lockdowns with no Sunday service, home group, ACA life group, was our rock. We need small groups in order to find value, friendship, God, and intimacy. Not only that, but they also ministered to one another. They sold property and possessions to give to anybody who had need. Not only were they people when they gathered in their small group praised, not only did they study God's word, not only, not only did they do those things, not only did they build friendships, they also ministered to one another. This is really important. Some people think it's just the minister's job to minister. (laughs) It's his title. It's what we've got him here for. Actually, as good Baptists, we minister one to another. It's the best way. Now here, they're ministering to one another materially, giving to those who have need. But there are so many different ways that we minister to one another, which includes the material needs. There's also emotional needs. There's spiritual needs. There's even physical needs. I don't know whether you've got be real. If you're in my age bracket, Facebook's about it. Dabble with a bit of Instagram, but be real is for people of a younger age, perhaps. But it's quite an interesting concept as a social media app. It's about every day at a different time, everyone is noticed simultaneously to capture and share a photo in two minutes, a new and new week, uh, unique way to discover who your friends really are in their daily lives. Basically, you don't put on a smiley, perfect persona. You're real. 
and you take a photo and someone else sees how real you are and you see how real they are. Being in small groups, being in life groups is about being real. Yesterday, uh, at the men's breakfast, Evan uh, was reminding us of a previous pastor here, Kevin White, who talked and said that, you know, in church life, you usually say, how are you doing? Fine. How are you doing? Fine. And that's it. But Kevin was saying, actually, if we get beneath the surface, fine means feeling inadequate, needing encouragement. I am fine this morning. How are you? Not only that, but in our men's breakfast, we also, as blokes, because Chris Mags leads this so well, we talked about something that we don't often talk about. We talked about depression. We talked about anxiety. We talked about emotions. We talked about struggle. And we shared this at 9.30 on a Saturday morning. I mean, woo! But we shared in a real way because we were a small group of guys doing church. Not a small group physically. (laughs) Just in number. Five or six of us talking openly. The word Shekinah is a fascinating word in Scripture. It's a Jewish word which means when two people get together, God's law is between them, and when they discuss about God's law, the presence of God comes upon those two as they discuss the law. The Shekinah. To me, yesterday at the men's breakfast in Kairos, it felt like the Shekinah. Not just a sausage, bacon or vegetarian alternative bap and an Americano please for £5.50 or whatever. It was the Shekinah. Small groups allows us to be real and honest and open and journey in faith together. And lastly, small groups according to Acts, are about actually never staying the same. (laughs) They're not places of comfort, actually. It's about sharing the good news with the lost. The Lord added to their number daily those who are being saved. When was the last time in a life group about reaching out to people beyond the group? This is probably the hardest, actually, aspect of small groups. We like small groups to bring comfort and good relationships and perhaps focus on God's word and be worshipful, but when we tinker with them a little bit to think about mission, we get on shaky ground. Maybe it's even the raging sea. My lighthouse, my lighthouse. Peace. In the midst of mission and reaching out and branching out and inviting people to and doing things that bless others. That's what small groups are about. They should not stay the same. They're actually 
about transformation, not only for the group, but for those the group encounter. So, to put this all together in one nice, shiny alliteration sense, here we go. What I've just said is this. Small groups are about singing with a holy expectation. Praising, worshipping with a holy expectation. Every time you're in a life group, worship. (laughs) They're about spiritually growing. They're not about staying the same. They are about interaction with God and with one another. We should be different because we're meeting in smaller groups. They're about spending time building relationships, which kind of feels a bit scary. Some people like the larger group to be anonymous, and the small group can be really scary. For others, they like the small group, but the large group feels a bit difficult. But in both contexts, it's about spiritually growing and spending time in relationships. It's about supporting one another, perhaps with possessions, but also emotionally and physically and spiritually. It's about doing life, caring, loving, reaching out. And it's also about sharing a passion for the name of Jesus. That's my suggestion about why we do life groups. That's my suggestion about why we do small groups. Let SBC be a church that grows, perhaps, in both aspects. Bigger, maybe, but also smaller. And let us all experience Shekinah, God's presence, in the midst of us. For where two or three are gathered, I am. Amen. So before the band come and sing to us, I think they're going to lead us in the song, We Bow Down and Confess That You Are Lord in This Place. Uh, If you feel like God spoke to you this morning in a particular way, it may be in relation to your own interaction with someone else in the church. You may not be in a good place with someone else in the church. When Jesus said, where two or three are gathered, I am present, he said that in the midst of division and disunity and discipline. It wasn't a nice sense. It was right in the rootedness of broken relationships if you're confessing that God is in this place you may also need to move from your seat to another place in the church to someone you've not spoken to for about 10 years because you've just wanted to ignore them quite frankly and you may want to say I'm sorry can I can we just hug or shake a hand if that's a bit better you you may just want to turn to the person next to you as we sing the next couple of songs and say do you know what I, I actually I like you don't often use the word like I like you And I want to do life with you. I want to worship Jesus with you. 
I want to learn God's word with you. I want to grow spiritually with you. I like you. (laughs) That might seem really weird, but actually it's a good thing to do. Or maybe you just want to be on your own and you just want to say, Lord, this church seems to be changing and growing a little bit, but I can't quite figure out my place. Steer me, Holy Spirit, to a life group or a, a small group. Give me the courage to talk to someone. Or it may be that you're finding friendship, quite frankly, really difficult here. And you're seeking friendship in this church, but you're just not quite finding it. There'll be people here at the front and at the back who'll be willing to pray for you about friendship in this church. You don't have to explain too much, they'll just pray for you. Or you may just want to do none of those things. You may just want to ignore everything I've said and just be still and know that God is here. This is our time. This is God's Shekinah, his presence with us, which is gentle and secure and safe. And God leads us on to a place of transformation.